Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years. Here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To five three three four two New York, call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, mammals and rats, dogs and cats, to the latest edition of Woke Bros. Of course, I'm Big Waz. Joining me as always, my brother, the handsome Nando Vila, and of course, the indomitable Michael Jabal Brooks. What's up, fellas? What's up? How's it going? All right, so now on today's show, of course, we're going to get into the global pandemic and the economic recession that's just decimating our country, China's, Italy, all over Europe, Spain. Everybody's getting hit pretty damn hard now. Um, We're going to sort of talk about the reverberations, what you can expect going forward. Um, And then, of course, first, though, we want to address the every every fake liberal zaddy in chief, uh, Cuomo, Governor Cuomo of New York State. Uh, He just put out an abominable, unconscionable, disgusting, disgraceful budget. Um, I think we were pretty early on on this show, you know, while everybody was going crazy about him, guys, because he was stringing together three or four sentences of, you know, grammatically correct English, and he sounded like a human being. Like, people have this, like, they've been battered and bruised so long from what's going on with 45. They're like, wow, this Cuomo guy is so impressive and blah, 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 which is nonsense, of course. 
Um, and then you know he passes a budget recently, and then you know it's kind of, it's one of those things where we didn't talk about, we didn't get into why on here. I feel like a lot of times we get a very inside baseball on here because we take for granted that everybody in America might know about. Cuomo's record as governor of New York and the type of Democrat that he's been. And we never really got into the specifics, but, you know, conveniently, the guy puts out a budget where he's slashing Medicaid funding in the middle of a global pandemic. Hospitals are being overrun. Um, It's literally a medical emergency. It's dire straits in New York City specifically. And this guy is slashing Medicaid, dude. Um, Nando, obviously, you can start. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it just goes to show how a lot of people process politics as a sort of entertainment TV show. I mean, you've all seen like everyone freaking out because like Andrew Cuomo goes on his brother Chris Cuomo's show and they like, you know, toss, toss each other a couple jokes about like, oh, call your mom. Uh, you call your mom, you asshole. You know, like and it's like, oh, my God, this is these are the greatest te- this is the greatest television I've ever watched in my life. Let's make him president, you know, like the bar is just so low and it just shows like that everyone processes politics as like some sort of entertainment. It's really sad and pathetic. I mean, but I mean, you got to say like, at least in to his credit, he's understood how to seize the moment. And there's something to that, you know, like Biden like is just in hiding and they they're tossing him up layups to, um, you know, uh, to, to criticize Trump. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to criticize Trump uh, for his response to the coronavirus. And it's like, okay, so then what are you going to do? You're just going to sit this one out? Like being being a shameless kind of attention seeker um, is a skill in and of itself. And it, and it kind of helps in these times um, or it's useful in these times to, to further your political career. And that's what Cuomo is doing. But yeah, I mean, no one should have any illusions that Cuomo is your friend or that Cuomo is Bay, or that Cuomo is going to do anything meaningful to help solve this crisis. I mean, like you said, slashing Medicaid in the middle of a pandemic, just so he doesn't have to raise rich people's taxes, like, you know, what, one, two percent in the state budget. It's unconscionable. I mean, it's just like the fact that he's like now the liberal darling and that people are seriously uh, considering replacing Biden with him at the top of the ticket, which I don't discount at all. Like I think could actually totally happen. The Democrats could totally do that if they wanted to. It's just, uh, it's just, it's pathetic. I think it will happen. Um, I've been calling it uh, for a little bit, but I, I, yeah, I mean, even just his specific response to this crisis is not good. Uh, Newsom and Inslee actually were a little bit faster on kind of telling people like, you know, you need to, you need to head indoors for a second. This guy was, um, you know, and de Blasio, it should be acknowledged too. It it's crazy how short the timeline is. Like I, it it is not even a month ago that they were still kind of saying like, Hey, look, if you feel fine, make sure to go get Broadway, you know, go to the bars. Um, we we t- we liked you know all those pictures of like everybody hitting the bars and everything like yeah like it was you know it's kind of fun to make fun of or whatever but we actually forget that for what it's worth a lot of officials including Cuomo were sending out really mixed messages of like hey this is a pandemic you got to be safe and on the other hand I mean make sure to go to your great local New York restaurants um, 
Andrew Cuomo has fought. He's been governor for a while now. Uh, his main goal has been to never raise taxes on rich people in any way, shape, or form in New York. He has um, not only sort of attacked policy but really made it um, – he has like a vendetta against anyone – even remotely to the left in any substantive way. Um, he did the thing, this not to get like to New York baseball, but there was this like weird formation in the New York State Senate where these guys called themselves the Independent Democratic Caucus, and they were technically Democrats, but they caucus with Republicans and help Republicans control the Senate. And by all accounts, Cuomo loved that those guys were there making sure that good legislation couldn't pass. And just even now, yeah, he's, he's you know, don't forget to tell people you love them. This guy is working to cut billions from Medicaid. He vetoed a rent relief bill, um, you know, and, and also th this is the other side of all this shit that we just like we might complain about or see, like, hey, like, why are they shutting down that public hospital to build some trash condo? Well, th that was always bad. And in this situation, the other side of it is. That is the cause, and I started. I saw some a report today that you know, you know, a doctor obviously not speaking on the record, but I believe it, saying like, yeah, I lost my first hundred percent preventable patient today. We didn't have enough ventilators. Somebody died. They would have been fine otherwise, and so you know, not fine, but you know what I mean. They would have survived, and so that's Cuomo, and you know, I mean that's. That's and it's and of course you know nothing surprises me, but it is really just wildly disgusting to watch people. First of all, just how pathetic and sad they are that they're able to get satisfied this easily is just frankly embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. Secondly, it's just like yeah, you don't give a fuck, <laughs> you know. No. And it's so funny because. You think about the red meat that gets like though the people on the other side excited. It's like, yeah, we're gonna deport people. Yeah, we're gonna like there's like genuine we're gonna end abortions. There's like genuine things that you can say that for them would be feel like gains for them, right? Like when when the people on the other side throw their base red meat and people start salivating at the mouth, it's that kind of stuff. With people on our, our side, it's literally just speaking plain English. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. This is yeah. exciting. This is great. People go nuts for it. It's incredible, dude. Like, you don't actually have to do anything for anyone, for any group of constituents. So liberal, you just liberals need to are talk kind nice. of more crazy than concern. Like, yes. I like getting into this kind of politics because – Ultimately, I think we can't just look at like people's little belief systems. And in general, I think we got to try as much as we can to not demonize huge swaths of the electorate to the extent as possible. But it is really interesting watching people who like are still totally formed by like John Stewart and George Bush era be like, I care about facts and goals. And and you look at the Republicans who are. Yeah, of course, they believe all sorts of lies and bullshit. And of course, a lot of their demands are just disgusting. But they are asking, you know, they, they want some shit. 
And there is a huge swath of our media class and, you know, mostly just suburban, comfortable people who are just like, he reminds me of that New York governor on West Wing. And at first, him and Martin Sheen didn't like each other because they had different (laughs) styles. But then they came together in partnership with a charter school to do school uniforms. And that was a great day for the country. It's just it's fucking embarrassing. And it's it's crazy. Like you're dealing with crazy people. The thing about Cuomo, too, that's that's uh, hilarious is that usually a Democrat's excuse for for not passing anything remotely meaningful to help people is that look at those big, big, bad Republicans. We would have done it were it not for the Republicans. It's the Republicans (laughs) fault. We couldn't pass it. Like in 2018, there was a huge new wave of Democrats in the New York State Assembly, and they passed all kinds of great legislation that then Cuomo vetoed. Like like hundreds of bills he vetoed. Like it wasn't the Republicans that were causing the obstructionism. It was him. He was the one stopping the meaningful legislation from from going through. Like he, they don't even have that excuse in New York. And it's just it's just him. It's him and his worldview and his ideology and his desire to crush anyone who tries to do anything to help people. Yeah, and it's not even like Jerry Brown, who I've got plenty of problems with but like people are talking about how in california like oh he set aside a rainy day fund so that's gonna help protect us right now like it's not even that like oh i'm gonna be fiscally conservative and plan which by the way again not to like give jerry brown too much props because he did do a lot of things that were unnecessary but a he did actually raise taxes on wealthy people and two he did have that saving cut aside like there isn't really any analogs of cuomo he's just doing what he can for um for Westchester basically and yeah, you know that's 100%. It. if you if you live in Tarrytown you love him i bet yeah yeah, yeah. um but, but here's the, but here's the thing though right um to get back to the coalition and the party um the rank and file members of the party um i think what's borne out this cycle is that these people literally just want to have Somebody in charge that they don't have to think about. Yeah. They don't want to be bothered at all in the political process. And so if somebody's a stopgap and I can just basically ignore everything that's happening in D.C. for six days out of the week, that's good enough. That's a win. It doesn't matter if government is functioning as it's meant to, meaning it's making people's lives better. We don't care about that because our lives are great. Who gives a damn about what's happening? I just don't want to have to think about it because that guy makes me anxious in my nice house and my great savings account and my great 401k that I'm really nervous about. Like, that's it. That's like, that's the, that's their, that's what politically motivates them. Anxiety about a guy's bedside manner. That's like, that's it. And it's, it's annoying is what I'll call it, man. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move right along. No, seriously, it's it's frustrating, and I hear you guys. Yeah. So let's move right along to you know sort of this this hellhole that we're in, dude. Um, it's it's officially gotten to ca- ca- it's catastrophic in New York right now. There's no other way to describe it. They're putting hospital beds in Central Park in the Jacob Javits Center. Like, it's dire right now 
Um, obviously, we passed a stimulus package that was, you know, we covered it here at great length and detail, how beneficial it was to the corporations. And basically, they said, hey, here's a little something, you little peons, to the normal people. Um, and and now I think we're seeing where, where the unemployment numbers are. We're going to have to revisit this in two or three months, if not a month, because people are just going to need more. And that's going to be another political battle. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to have to revisit it in the not-too-distant future. I do want to remind everybody, though, that, like, Last week, 3 million people filed for unemployment. This week, 6 million. Now it's up to over 6 million. And Congress is on vacation. So just to, like, undermine that. They just basically passed a huge, like, over 98% essentially just corporate theft bill. um, Gave people a few little droplets to keep them going for a couple of weeks and then peaced. So that being said... This is one where where I do have just some I don't even want to say confidence like there is going to be another package because it's going to be so bad and people want to get reelected like it's not that complicated. But the next wave of that package is going to be to me it will be I'm going to look out for one the stuff we need like single payer health care is not going to happen. And then even things like UBI, which are can be problematic, like the way Andrew Yang would use it. But at the same time, especially in a situation like this where you just need to get people cash, like it's 100 percent the right call. Like just give everybody that Rashida Talib two grand a month um, a card. But what I think you will see is is the second arm of this corporate consolidation just now for people. So it will be like, OK, because all a bunch of you know, tens, a ton of people, at least 10 million will lose their health insurance. Other people won't be able to afford their premiums. Okay. Well, here's what we're going to do. Let's give you a subsidy that's specifically targeted for your premiums. Um, you know, it will be rebated to the insurance companies and it will theoretically help you keep your garbage insurance. Okay. We're obviously not going to suspend rent or do anything like that because that would actually empower people. But what we will do is set up some type of like direct deposit for your landlords. And incidentally, not only will that be bad for renters, it will actually favor big renting companies over, you know, like a grandma who's renting her basement to like pay the bills, you know? So I think like, that's the second thing we got to look out for is like, there will be some bill because nobody wants to go to the fall in like a complete total 25, 30% unemployment. And so they have to do something, but I think the way they're on and the process is so bought that it will be again, necessary because people need shit, but will actually just be more handouts for Oscar. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I look at this crisis and I just get a sense of vertigo. Like today, like this morning, I almost had a fucking full on like anxiety attack. Like it's just looking, I, I saw that, that graph uh, of the unemployment numbers and it was like, you know, it kind of goes up and down like that. And then 2008 it bleeps up a little bit. And then now it's just a vertical line at the end, you know, like, like off the charts, right? Like this is probably going to be the greatest economic crisis in the history of capitalism. Like I, I really just don't, I don't know how to like say it any other way. Like this is going to be bigger than the great depression. This is going to be bigger than like the, the two world wars. I don't, I, it's just because it's never happened where like the whole economy is just stopped 
Like it's just stopped. Like no one can even do something. No one. And we don't even want anyone to do anything. Right. Like we, we want it to stop. And like, I, I just think of like, you know, rent was due yesterday. Like how are people going to pay their rents? Like did, Dude, how are people going to pay their insurance premiums? Like all these things, like, I, you know, I, I hear what you're saying that like, they're going to do something. Of course they're going to do something. I just don't think that even they have grasped the enormity of the situation by any stretch of the imagination. And, but like to like be kind of hopeful in a way, this kind of thing does present opportunities, right? Like, yeah. It, you know, it it seems bleak right now because Trump is in power and the Democrats are awful and our and our nominee is Joe Biden and he is, you know, a corpse. And um, <laughs> but I guess like the only thing we can hope for is that it's going and it's going to absolutely get worse in the short term. Like everything is going to get worse, way worse in the short term. Like here, six months from now, well, a year it- from now, even two years from now, it's going to get like shit's going to be really bad. The question is, can we? seize the moment, seize the opportunity to fundamentally reshape everything, like literally everything, um, in a way that's, that's transformational. I don't know, but like, it's really fucking scary to think about. So Nando, it's, it's hilarious to me. Cause like, you know, it's, it's, it's something that we were all, we're all conscious of as far as like people like you and I and Michael, um, but, you know, Adam Serwer of The Atlantic wrote a, a really good piece today about just the opportunism of the Republicans. Like when you say seize the day, seize the moment, seize the opportunity, um, the people who are sensibly on our side just aren't very good at doing things like this. Whereas the opposition, this is what they do. This is what they are singularly expert at is opportunism. Straight up and down. Like, if we want to go back to 2008, where people like Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell were telling the president, for $800 billion, yo, Barry, how are you going to pay for that? How are we going to pay for it? How are we going to pay for it? What are we doing? How are we going to pay for it? Then when, this, when that thing finally got passed, these fools went back to their districts during free election time campaigning on a bill that they voted against and was like, look at what we did for you in the middle of this crisis. These people are shameless. Have we heard a single thing when it comes to the $500 billion slush fund, when it comes to allegedly $200, $200 billion to private, um, to, to small businesses, uh, has and the untold the, the obscene amount of money that are going to the largest of our overlords and corporations, not a single people. Have you heard, has the word tea party come up in the last three weeks? One freaking time. It's no. like, it's obviously we're conscious of it, right? Like, obviously we know people like Lindsey Graham and people like McConnell want to go back to their district and be like, yo, look what we did. Look what we did for you guys. Go back to their states. Look what we did. And of course, this shit is bipartisan. The Democrats roll over as they already do. But it's like, folks, gotta you got to stop and think for a moment. Like, the freaking Tea Party, this grass, grassroots movement, even though we know it was just a whole con- um, contrivance by the Koch brothers, um, this grassroots movement sprung up. Literally, they said their single, singular issue was how much borrowing and we're putting our children in debt so that we can give losers a break and these losers broke the economy and all of this stuff 
I ain't heard a peep from the Tea Party, man. Where they at? Well, of course not. But I mean, I think that's <laughs> that's also though like what's I mean, the problem is though is that with the Republicans, it's actually really easy to play that game because nobody actually gets rid of like they've tried, but at the end of the day, they do like Mitch McConnell's the master of he gets a lot of state funding for his state. He looks out for government funding of the people who are going to vote for him. And then the rest of the party is just dedicated to taking care of billionaires and extractive industries. The problem is like inside the Democratic Party is I, you have a whole bunch of people who really are kind of fine. The party leadership wants that to be the party 100 percent. They don't give a f- – they hate labor and their whole deal with people of color and – you know. Other like like LGBTQ or whatever is just like hey look like those other people want to hang yeah, you. literally they literally want to lynch you go. <laughs> and if you're a labor union same principle we're gonna completely fuck you but you know I don't know we'll give you some like NLRB appointment or some shit so the Republicans are able to to do that more easily I think the thing about this crisis now though is like it's gonna affect the broader set of people. Because of how deep it is, I, I heard a crazy stat that during 08, which was really bad, right? Like that five percent. I think it only got up to five percent of college-educated people were unemployed. Yeah, yeah. that's an incredible stat, and that's not going to be the case. Like, no. of course, privileged people are going to be in a better position, but there's definitely going to be more people who are in like the top 10, 15 percent that are going to get bit out of this. And so, I, I mean. Look, oh eight can't get even compare to this. No, Mike. Can't, it can't. Oh no, eight, at, at the height of oh eight, at the height of oh eight, the the economy was losing eight hundred thousand jobs a month. Right. We lost Jesus. six million in a week. Week. <laughs> there's, there's just no. There's no, it doesn't comparison. Compare. there's no comparison. There's no. No, I agree. I agree. But I think what so what I think what you'll do. Although I I gotta say though, like and maybe and I'm not even trying to be contrarian. My my fucking weird feeling about this is, though, is like especially seeing how they're playing it. And I think you're right that there is just some element that we are run by stupid people who don't understand like pandemics. They got to get smacked in the face with it. There's no doubt. And, you, I, and I, you've I, kind I, of I, seen honestly, it with 45 yeah, I, I, it's, and it's fixed on Breton now. It's the same way Tom Perez was like, oh, the DNC is going to happen in August instead of June. Like I – I can see a scenario where, especially because of how it's like geographically dispersed, it's like, okay, in three weeks, in a month, New York won't be as bad. And then Georgia will be really bad, but we'll get some, we'll get some stuff going. We'll get some, like some of those jobs will be re-added relatively quickly. And in a way, like what I'm saying right now is optimistic, but in a way that's its own nightmare scenario. I want people to think about that. Maybe it actually isn't as bad. It's really bad, but maybe it's not like a years long like depression, right? Maybe it is actually like July, August. It's like, oh shit, that's weird. Like it's fucking awful, but some people are getting back on the rolls. Some things are opening back up. They just stole decades of power. Like those bills, those bail are going to change on every level, not just our socialist shit, but other important shit, your small businesses, your like 
this whole thing has just has already been like a massive consolidation, yeah. even if it softens up. And I want people to actually remember that because as much as it's fucked up, I actually feel like people are getting almost too in that. Like in a way, it's like it's already happened. Like, yeah, we already had this major fucking loss with that bailout. Yeah, that's I think like. I mean, this is why, like, I, I, people get mad at me or whatever, but like, that's why, like, I'm, I'm like hyper focused on the Democrats. You know, like, this crisis has to be the, the end of all these people. Like, we have to figure out to vanquish the most, like, the Pelosi's, the Schumer's, the Bidens, the Obamas, like, all these people that are just completely incapable and unwilling to do anything. For regular people like the, like and that's because it's like that's our only that's our only impediment to like actual change right like we're never gonna like take over the republicans you know like no what are we gonna do you know it's, no. it's pointless to like get mad about them you know what i mean at this point like what are you gonna do like it's it's they're so far gone that they, but it's 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 figuring out a way to take take power in some way and i don't i don't i don't have the answer to how to do that don't don't get me wrong me neither and and the pro and again the reason why i don't have the answer is that you know like i always say i always say like the freaking coalition they seem to like these people they, they seem to be comforted by the pelosi's and oh she's a boss bitch i'm like <laughs> is she she sucks like i like, think I mean, like, what her proposal for phase four or whatever is like a repeal of this salt thing which is basically just a tax rebate for rich homeowners in the suburbs which is her preferred base of course and it's that's not even like course. immediate it's like next year no and i think that's really like and i i, I could go in in from both directions on this though because i actually do think like not even to get into the whole like who do we vote for argument all that bullshit but i would say like there is actually a difference between having a completely dead and discredited ideology just like stumbling around totally ineffectively <laughs> and like literally dying with Joe Biden versus – and this is another thing that people who are Democrats need to get used to – a much smarter Republican Party, a much more strategic, much more – like all these people have been patting themselves on the back about how brilliant they are are fucking dumb and people that have been dismissed as yokels have – an infinitely better understanding of power and how shit works. And, you know, so like the energy, like the left is boxed out. The left has all the answers. If you actually wanted to do the obvious things, cause all of this is solvable. If you just don't have like a fucking predator oligarchy, but, um, you know, the center is dead. Like they're out of their minds and they're stupid and they're narrow <laughs> and the right wing I mean, look at what they just did in Hungary, man. I'm not saying it's the same thing, but they'd see their moment mm -hmm. and they have a plan for it. And that is something to think about. You know, I, I got into a quick little um, spat with this, this homie on Twitter. Um, you know, he quote tweeted something Bernie said, which was obvious and true. And, you know, he basically, he didn't dismiss what Bernie said. He said everything he said here is right. But he's like, I don't think Bernie has a good sense of marketing. <laughs> like, these ideas need to be marketed, which to a certain extent, I yeah. agree. On, I, I agree. I, I think, like, and I bring up this all the time. When Hillary Clinton 
brought up all them black moms from the kids that got shot by the cops on the DNC stage. I was like, that's a force. That's bad marketing. That that's not slick. That's not um cool. That's like you could have went about that somewhere. Somewhere it's much smarter, way less clunkier. I get it. You know There's a Bob lot of times done. Where, tell me. Let's have the mother of someone who got shot and the mother of someone who shot them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like there was there just would have been a better way to roll that out. <laughs> and, and and I do think these ideas do need to be marketed because Republicans they get it. Like yeah. the wasteful spending. Like they know they like it's so easy to cut right through what they're trying to say. Like instinctively that people when they hear wasteful government spending they know exactly what the republicans are talking about they're talking about black people in the ghetto on welfare period period it's not military grift it's not you know these private contractors that get hundreds of millions of dollars from the government to do to make shit that don't work that we never use it's not them it's those niggers in the ghetto, right? <laughs> and, like, they know how to market their message. But what I was telling this homie, it was just like, yo, I think a lot of times, and, I've, and, and I used to be one of these progressive people who were like, we got the smart people. We got the people that are thinkers. We got the intellectuals. And it's like, our base is a lot more thick-headed than we give them credit no, for. No, that's our problem. And that's that we all have- I'll say for marketing these 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 great ideas the the people who we would be marketing these ideas to one and i you know i hate this keep repeating myself it's a broad coalition of a bunch of different people with a bunch it's legitimately a broad coalition right it's not as homogenous as the republican party so it's a lot easier for them to get to get people on board with shit right that's one and two like i said these people not as smart as y'all think. Y'all not as smart as y'all think. Y'all just straight up not, man. That's just what it is. It's like, I went to college, so I'm a genius. It's like, all right. All right. <laughs> like, all right. Look I, at, I got nothing. You look at voting patterns of, like, college-educated people. Like, it's not, they're not better than, you know, like, the role of, like, a liberal intellectual is to basically absorb frustration and energy from the bottom and then turn it around and spit it back down at them um so that to keep them down and not and not actually empower them like that's like that's the role of like a liberal intellectual that's why one of the big problems of the democratic party is that they do have all these liberal intellectuals in their ranks like it's they're bad they're just bad and they're wrong about everything yeah like i love that that you made that too because i'm not even worried about like I really do. Again, I keep saying, like, I just think we have to get as much as possible, as much as possible. You got to be honest. But honestly, across the board from, you know, definitely even some people who voted for Trump to certainly like Jesus Christ. I see people, you know, in our zone, you need to relax about older black people in South Carolina. (laughs) But as far as, like, <laughs> as far as leaders go, like, you know, just just take it real specific. And I'm not, you know, everybody knows I'm obviously I'm not an apologist for Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson promotes actually more effectively than probably anybody some really toxic uh, shit. If you were spending your time, like, why is there overall 
if you watch Tucker Carlson, you'd have a way better understanding of what was actually happening inside the country than anything in the MSNBC lineup. Oh, because 100%. they're watching. And then with all that terrible stuff that comes along with it. But if you're watching MSNBC, 99% of it is, you know, Bernie's terrible and Russia and all this fucking bullshit. And Tucker will give you a segment on opioids. He'll give you oh, a yeah. segment on deindustrialization. He'll give you a segment. Liberals get mad at people on the left for paying attention to Tucker Carlson. Like the liberal line on Tucker is like, ignore him, make sure, you know, he is persona non grata, whatever, all that stuff. Oh, he's dangerous. He's dangerous. Why would you ignore Tucker Carlson? Exactly. Like the left kind of watches Tucker Carlson and they're like, wait a minute, this guy is a, a pretty effective communicator to a lot of the frustrations that a lot of people feel in this country. Like he's dangerous but, but we're watching him and paying attention and taking him seriously for that reason. It's not because like no one, anyone on the left is about to like take up Tucker Carlson's worldview in any way. And by they the just way, recognize and accurately and that he's effective. Also that the same criticisms of him, like he isn't Bill O'Reilly. He isn't no. Sean Hannity. This is a different era. There was a time where honestly, like whenever I get to do like a Sean Hannity segment on majority report or whatever, it's like, Oh my God, I forgot how easy this is. Like just some fucking dumb blowhard from Long Island who loves Trump saying <laughs> bullshit and you make fun of them for saying and being and looking stupid. But the Tucker yeah. Carlson stuff, man, that is a lot more complicated and you can't not again, not what he's saying in terms of the substance of it, but how that argument's being made and what's being put together. And people, well, he's, yeah, he's, he's <laughs> fusing the got is ignore or condemn. And it doesn't. No, it's stupid because he's he's doing something smart. He's doing he he's doing the Bannon thing. Right. He's like he's fusing the 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 right wing paranoia with populist shit. <laughs> like if you actually fuse the paranoia of all these non white rural people or non white um, coastal people to ruin everything that was great about this country, and so are the rich the rich pricks. That's dangerous. Well, Tucker Carlson <laughs> is doing something that the populist right is doing all over the world, which is that they they have a critique of capitalism. They're yep. not they're never going to like actually advocate for any of those like an actual kind of reform or overthrow of the system, but they have a critique and it resonates with people whereas the liberals do not have a critique of capitalism. They will never do it. And that's that's fundamentally at its core why Tucker Carlson is appealing to so many people is because he fuses the sort of blood and soil racism, nationalism that a lot of people feel kind of in their bones on some level. That's easy. Um, that's with, that's with natural. A of, with yeah. a critique of capitalism. And that's just, a, that's just a very effective combo for a huge swath of the population. And the liberals and to doing ignore, the opposite. Yeah. They're I'm doing so the opposite. I agree. All you need is, is better pre-K and make your kids play the piano. That'll solve all your problems. Start your kid at piano on three. No, they they got to watch Broad and, City, uh, you know, <laughs> when they're teens. Broad City and shut yeah. up. Like, yeah. <laughs> the thing is like and, – and not actually saying like, okay, number one – the cause of your problems is the bosses and capitalism, basically. And then that secondly, like, okay, you want more of a sense of community and control over your life. We're with that. Here's the positive alternative to that. Not just like, oh, well, who wants that? Losers. <laughs> well, we'll leave it at that, man. That was today's show. Um, Mike, Nando, of course, you guys were fantastic. As always, make sure you guys like, subscribe, rate. 
Um, and if you can, I know it's a tough time. If you can become a Patreon of the TMBS show, become a Patreon of CountTheDings.com, man. Again, we understand, you know, we, we literally spat the numbers out to you guys. Six million people lost their jobs in a freaking week. Um, anybody who is continuing to support us in this time, trust me, that generosity does not go unnoticed. It means the freaking world to us. So thank you guys out there for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Peace. All right, lady, y'all. Later, baby. Good shit. And I see that Haitian flag, Mike. I love it. <laughs>